okay, in six weeks, I'm going on this trip. In mm. six weeks, it's going, going to be bathing suit season or, or whatever the case is. And so we're in that mindset of a short-term quick fix and right. not a long-term lifestyle. And so the yo-yo comes from that point of depriving yourself and then binging mm. or mm. going on really strict exercise programs and then stopping. And so rather than that all or nothing attitude and that all or nothing approach, we actually teach women how to have uh, margin. Mm. And so we feast is part of our the name of our business. And that's what we do. Every single week, we have a feast day mm. where our women are able to truly just do that feast. They have a day where it's built in the program. It is not a cheat. Again, that's not our mindset. Our mindset is this is the day I get to do all the things, eat all the things, whatever. It is a, a essentially a free day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you are watching or listening. This is the Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. The Holistic Monitor is a wellness podcast featuring life energy research, health and wellness transformation, self-improvement and empowerment, philosophy, spirituality, and now guest interviews as well. We look forward to your comments on our YouTube channel, at Holistic Monitor, and you can also listen on the go with us at Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and more. And with that, let's get today's show started. Sarah B. Thomas, you are the owner of Burn, Fat, and Feast. Yes, I am. And you also have a podcast. Yes. Or a show. Yeah. Yes. And what's the name of that? So our podcast is the Burn, Fat, and Feast podcast. We try to keep it as simple as possible. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, uh, it looks like you're doing um, a fitness style coaching program. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. Yeah. That That's accurate. We're we're multifaceted. And so we are a comprehensive wellness lifestyle. And so I, I try to really hone in on the word lifestyle here because it's not a program. It's not a really a beginning and an end because mm. we're talking about wellness. Right. And, you know, we're not about the quick fix. We are about a lifestyle, a better, sustainable and simple, healthy lifestyle uh, and our goal is to prevent illness and disease mm. for mainly for women. We also work with women, but men, but we mainly work with women just because women are a little bit more complex mm -hmm. with the metabolism and the hormone changes as we age. And that's really our niche is working with women in, I like to say, the second half of life when hormones and metabolisms are really changing. And so our goal is to empower women to really create that mental strength, obviously, yes, lose some weight, but increase your metabolism, balance hormones, and really finally stop that yo-yo dieting to live a true lifestyle. Right. The yo-yo dieting being programs that begin and end. 
Right. And just fad diets in general, Mm. or just the mindset. And so many women are in that mindset of, okay, in six weeks, I'm going on this trip. In Mm. six weeks, it's going going to be bathing suit season or or whatever the case is. And so we're in that mindset of a short term quick fix and not a long term lifestyle. And so the yo-yo comes from that point of depriving yourself and then binging Mm. or Mm. going on really strict exercise programs and then stopping. And so rather than that all or nothing attitude and that all or nothing approach, we actually teach women how to have a margin. Mm. And so we feast is part of our the name of our business. And that's what we do. Every single week, we have a feast day mm. where our women are able to truly just do that feast. They have a day where it's built in the program. It is not a cheat. Again, that's not our mindset. Our mindset is this is the day I get to do all the things, eat all the things, whatever. It is a, a essentially a free day. Hmm. Okay. Now, do you find that uh, the further down the line somebody is in the, um, the new lifestyle, uh, that the less that they want to indulge in all the bad stuff during the feast day? Yeah, that's that's the interesting part. That's funny that you asked that. I had a new member ask that to me recently. She said, is this strategic in the sense that you're giving this to us, but we don't want it after a while? And that's just the way our body was created. It wasn't, you know, it's not a trickery on my part at all, um, but it's our way our body was created. And honestly, there's been a lot of research around our brain and how our brain doesn't want to feel deprived. And so that's why a lot of times that triggers that binging. It's not necessarily just a craving. It's actually our brain saying, I want this thing because you have not allowed me to have it mm-hmm. for so long, whether it's a physical thing or, you know, it's a, a mental thing or, or wh- whatever the case is in your life. Our brain wasn't wired to want to be deprived for a long time. And so when we allow it that freedom mm-hmm. and we do it on a regular basis and we're no longer, you know, on that yo-yo up and down, back and forth, we're we're equalizing so many things in our life, not just food, but everything else, our, our hormones, our metabolism, how our body is reacting to things, our irritability, our personality, everything is kind of leveling out. And so because of that, when we walk through our feast day, oftentimes it changes and it changes with us as we learn and as we grow. And so I have been living this lifestyle for 12 years now. Mm. And I will say that Personally, my feast day has changed as well. I used to spend all day, you know, just indulging in all the things. Now I don't feel that I need that. And it's not a, oh, I'm not going to allow myself all day. I just don't feel like I need it. I feel that if I have a meal or a treat or some alcoholic drinks, whatever it is that I want that day, I have those few things and then I'm good and I'm, I'm awesome. I feel amazing. I don't feel deprived. I feel satisfied and I feel good enough to go, go through the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And do you, um, you, uh, prescribe that day to be the same day every week? We do. Yes. And the program, it is on Saturday. And so there's a few reasons behind this being Saturday, but kind of give you, you know, the, the, the top of the, the line here 
it is basically because Saturday is more of an unstructured day for most of us. Mm -hmm. We are not, we're not working. We're with family. We're with friends. Again, a lot of our women are with family and going out or they're with friends and it's a social type of, of day mm -hmm. for them. And so because of that, we incorporate that as our feast day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that's, you know, everyday life, Monday through Friday, there's the schedule that maintains everything. And then there's Saturday and that who knows what's happening on Saturday. So keeping exactly. that same schedule would be really tough. Um, and then Sunday is a, obviously a get back to routine type of day as well. Yeah. And that's really key here is that your feast day is one day. It's mm -hmm. not a Friday into Saturday into Sunday. Um, but with that said, our flexible lifestyle is just that. It's, it's flexible to be sustainable. So oftentimes, and I'll use uh, Thanksgiving for an example, because we're upon the holiday season here on the type of, time of the recording. Right. Uh, Thanksgiving is a Thursday, right? That mm -hmm. will be our feast day. Some of mm. us use Thanksgiving as Thursday, some of, of us Friday, Saturday. And so you can maneuver that around. It doesn't have to be Saturday. That's typically where we find it. But on a week such as that, you might move that that feast day around and that's mm. okay. Yeah. So holidays would throw a wrench in the organized scheduled week. Uh, right. Thanksgiving, great example because it's always Thursday, Christmas, who knows what day. These are mm -hmm. days that are kind of off schedule. So those would be basically like, go ahead and do whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Go ahead and move it around. And so, you know, we have a weekly schedule. We actually have a, a monthly schedule, but you can look at it a week at a time and, and figure out what works for you that, that week. And so oftentimes if uh, like our clients are going out on, let's say a date night on a Friday night, like I know it's going to be more of a feasty day mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> Great. Use Friday as that day. And so it doesn't have to be a holiday week, but obviously the holidays are a great example of that. Right, right. Now, what, um, what got you started? You said 10 years, I think, that you've been doing mm -hmm. this specific routine. Uh, were you doing something similar before? We're trying other uh, methodologies? So I have, I have quite a history in wellness. I, as a, a child, I was an obese child. Um, and then in my teenage years, I was an anorexic teenager. Mm. And so I've kind of run both ends of the spectrum as mm. far as that goes early on in life. That really is what led me into fitness and nutrition. I wanted to learn more about how to do it the right way, right? Mm. I, all, I, all I was doing at that point was just overeating, undereating, and trying to be the girl that fit in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really dove into a lot of nutrition at that point. I became a fitness instructor, a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and through college started teaching group fitness classes and doing personal training. Um, but at that point in time, my early 20s, I didn't know honestly enough about nutrition and really to be quite honest, a lot of nutrition that we can just Google and find out information is is really old school. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't put what I call a lot of the pieces of the wellness puzzle together. It just gives you um, kind of buckets things, right? Like eat less and move more. <laughs> calories in versus calories out. And not all of that really fits in more talking about overall wellness. And so I personally did the eat less, move more philosophy for over 10 years. I would say about 15 years from my, from 
20 until mid thirties, mm. I was, I was doing that approach. I was teaching 20 plus fitness classes a week. Wow. I was way under eating. <laughs> I had three kids in that time frame, oh. So I was a mom and, you know, going through all the changes physically in my body. Um, and I was a great example of under eating, over exercising and carrying around 20 plus pounds of excess fat, mm. not being muscularly toned and feeling exhausted. Mm. Like that, that was, that was me. I was yeah. doing the things that, you know, you thought are right. And I felt terrible and I didn't like the way that I looked or felt on the inside. And so that's really what led me to burn fat and feast. And so what I started doing was really diving into research and putting all those pieces that I'm talking about together mm -hmm. and thinking, okay, under eating, moving more, I can't do any less. Like I right. cannot eat less <laughs> at this point in time. I cannot move my body anymore. I know I am killing myself. My joints are hurting. You know, I'm sore every day. I know that I cannot do more of this. And if I under eat, I'm literally going to be eating a few pieces of lettuce a day. And so I knew that, like, what is it? Like, what is the problem here? What is the answer? And so I pulled in all the pieces of, of stress and sleep mm -hmm. and hydration and hormones and metabolism. And those are all the pieces that we're really missing in, in our streamline, you know, guidelines right. of what we should do. And so when I started pulling all, all those together, I just thought, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'm going to try all these things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat more. I'm going to exercise less. And I was scared to death mm -hmm. <laughs> because I thought, what if I feel worse? Yeah, what if right. I no longer fit in my clothes? Uh, what if I'm a terrible wife and, and mom and I'm, you know, frustrated and, and annoyed all the time. But again, I knew something had to change because it just felt terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's where it really it was born out of my frustration and my feeling of I cannot do this the rest of my life. I am early 30s and I have to figure out how to do this well and and feel good for life. Yeah. Sounds like you went you you found the middle path in a sense that that place of equilibrium where you blend uh, both the uh, the constraint and the give, you know, the gift yeah. as it were. Uh, so before that, you were doing maybe a fight or flight type of modality where you were really like, working a lot. Your body was getting a lot of energy uh, into it, and then you were not giving it a whole lot. So it was trying to store as much energy as it could to kind of counterbalance uh, the lack that it was getting. It's like a deprivation uh, storage yeah, type absolutely. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And you, I mean, you may have heard of, you know, the starvation mode mm -hmm. of our body. That's a real thing. Yeah. And when we put ourselves in that fight or flight mode, our body wants to hold on to everything because it's, it's, it's afraid. And yeah. that's how it was created. It was created to just preserve everything that it has when, when it's not given what it needs to survive. Like right. it is in survival mode at that point in time. And so essentially everything shuts down in your body and that's what mine was doing and and true for so many women out there mm -hmm. it's a safeguard it's a you know it's yep. definitely a, a mechanism of survival and when you put it into a state where it feels like it needs to it will that's a natural process that it'll start doing the survival mode and that can last like you said years where your body is just living in that kind of existence uh, so you basically stumbled upon your own uh, lifestyle change 
and yeah. that has uh, turned into this uh, empire, global empire that you have, <laughs> uh, Burn Fat and Feast. And uh, that allows you to kind of what I call food or sugars or all this. It's kind of like uh, uh, dragons, you know, things in us that tell us what they want, um, like an addiction. And we we do our best to feed it. We think we're doing what we want to do, our own will, and, it, and yet it happens to be this uh, chemical in us or this substance that we have basically addicted ourselves to that demands us to have more, like sugar, sugar, sugar. And when it starts to lack, it sends that signal and says, more sugar, more sugar. And it's just right. that natural draw that we have to, to fall into um, bad habits. By yeah. giving it that day... And this is something that I, when I was uh, younger, I smoked cigarettes and something that I realized for a lot of people to stop smoking, to really conquer, not just stop smoking, but to really conquer cigarettes. Uh, first, you have to make it an enemy, you have to set it aside from yourself, cage it, watch yourself and how you are drawn to act by this addiction. And then after you feel like the... Uh, the main thrashing of the addiction has stopped. For me, for cigarettes, I needed to go out and have a cigarette and maybe not even have a whole cigarette because after I would wait a month and then after that time, uh, it didn't really taste good anyway. So, <laughs> But right. it was just proof that like, yeah, I can do that if uh, I want. It's there. Mm -hmm. And so it's like kind of feeding it in a sense, but it's not something I ever need to do. But it's not a no. It's a... Yeah. yeah, sure, but it has no power over me. And food, yes. same thing with food. Um, if you give it a day, then you've given it. You've given yourself, your mind, your mindset, a an allowance so that it's not craving and and fighting you all week. Mm -hmm. You kind of separate. Yeah, yourself that's from a it. Yeah. that's a great way to put it because um, just like you're saying with any type of addiction, cigarettes, alcohol, food exercise, whatever the case may be, it has power over you mm -hmm. and you don't even realize it because it's such an immediate, I want it, I get it, I do it, I whatever it is. And so oftentimes we don't even pause to realize the power that thing has over us. Right. And, and what you're saying is you weren't necessarily depriving yourself either. You go a month and then allow yourself to have, have a cigarette. Yep. So you're slowly yep. changing that process mm -hmm. of I can't, I can't, I can't versus delay. And we talk about that a lot. Let's stop, pause, right. delay, and then see, ask yourself a few questions, um, whatever whatever it is that you feel like you need to do. And, and also we talk about changing the association around, and this might be something that you use too with cigarettes, but you know, changing the association around like, okay, cigarettes equal all these great things, equals social interactions and whatever the good things you have associated with that thing to reassociate it with something that's not positive. It's more of a negative association mm -hmm. that all kind of helps retrain your brain to think differently about, about that thing. And, you know, people talk about cravings a lot. And I mean, cravings are a real thing, but that is also 
a lack of hormone balance, however you look at it. And especially when we're talking about eating, you know, we're talking about our leptin and our ghrelin, which is our appetite hormone and our insulin hormones telling us, you know, that, that we're satisfied or we're hungry. Mm -hmm. And so when those are out of balance and we are per se addicted to sugar, our body's going to tell us we need more because there is a level of, of addiction there. Right. Addiction and imbalance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it could be dangerous too. And I think maybe knowledge in that basis, um, for me, if the separation, for example, with cigarettes is that I had to separate it and mentally make it an enemy so that it was something that I was very afraid of and not afraid of, but something I didn't want to do. I wouldn't call myself a smoker. I removed all implements of smoking and I watched myself or I watched the addiction try to convince me or watch myself nearly slip, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, I was able to help other people in the same way uh, break the addiction just by removing it and then having a friend that didn't have like this, hey, you want to go outside and have a cigarette? Because that's right. that habit uh, that you form. So it transformed that to, would you like to go outside? You know, it doesn't have to be for something that you're not going to do because you don't smoke. <laughs> yes, it's like exactly. a retrain. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. uh, with food, um, with your clients and uh, and people that you work with, are you finding that that is maybe the biggest stumbling block? Is their fridge or going out to the store? The temptation is right there in front of them, and it's all very accessible, very inexpensive. Yeah, absolutely. There are a few things around food and and everyone has has one that they struggle with more than the other, but the the fact that our food, any type of food is easily accessible is is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is most inexpensive at the store is the least healthiest. That's yeah. another issue. Uh Emotional eating is also a big one, especially for women. Um, the and I, I, this is, I feel like, a whole other podcast episode. I have two teenage daughters mm. um, and an eleven-year-old son. But where we live right now in our culture and how we're raising children these days mm. is to reward them with food. Yeah, and so we. We feel that as adults of, well, I just, I deserve this. This should be my reward. And that's, that is a hard mindset shift. And, and at the same time, a lot of what we just talked about with changing habits, you can do with this, this, the same, the same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about changing the association. We talk about surrounding yourself with different people, doing something different to get out of maybe some of those habits and creating better systems. Yeah. Um, but but yes, to, to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is multifaceted and depending on your history with food, you kind of veer down one path or the other as far as what you struggle with. Right, right. And, and the types of food. Um, and in your business, um, how do you approach or, or what, um, what means do you use to get the message out and to, um, and, you know, who are your most likely candidates to work with? Uh, the message out about our, our lifestyle in general? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we are very active on social media uh, for our population of women. You know, we're active on Facebook. We're active on Instagram. We also have a podcast called the Burn Fat and Feast podcast. And so uh, people can find us obviously various places online. Um, we do marketing around, kind of around the country as well. But a lot of where we get the word out is through referrals, mm -hmm. um, through clients who love what they're doing. Um, that is my most favorite way to get the word out because that's proof right there. You know, that is the social proof that, mm -hmm. that we want. Um, having our clients talk about us, uh, positively is, is the best, best yeah. way. Obviously, um, we do a free five day trial as well. Um, we also have like free downloads and those types of things where you can just kind of dip your toe in, so to speak, and learn a little bit more about what we do, whether it's nutrition, whether it's, um, the education that we teach or it's the fitness or we have a lot of community support, uh, which is, is huge for our members to feel like they're connected to one another. So we have lots of freebies there. The, our, our free five day trial is the biggest, uh, I would say conversion mm. for people really getting to understand who we are, what we do. They get a little taste of what are, we have meal plans that we give our clients, what that looks like, what the workouts look like, and, and, um, kind of get to talk to us and our team too. Yeah, absolutely. Have you thought to do any outreach to, and this just came to mind when we're talking about food and, uh, kids, uh, outreach to schools where you could go in and, kind of uh, build an awareness around getting started early as far as fitness goes and as far as uh, diet? Yeah, that interesting that you say that because, uh, yes, I am starting to uh, partner with a few schools in our area, um, not, not actually big public school systems, but some more private schools mm -hmm. is where we're starting um, just to have a little bit more of an intimate reach out there. Uh, one of the things though that I really love to teach our women in the program is how they can pass it down, mm -hmm. how they can stop that generational cycle. Because yeah. what is so frustrating to me is most women come to me, they don't, they have no idea. They have no idea what they should be doing, how they should be doing. They don't know what a macronutrient is. Mm. You know, they, they really are starting from the bottom, which is fine. But for me, I would so much rather a woman come to me and say, Hey, I know X, Y, and Z. Now can we take it to the next level? Right. And they don't know that because they weren't taught that. And mm -hmm. as a kid, we weren't taught that. Right. And so, you know, to start that cycle, we do a lot of here's how you can help your kids. And here's how you can start this process just by educating them, um, which is something that we have done with our kids from from the get go mm. and really focusing on food as fuel and just moving your body in general, never talking about the physical change in the body, more about just being strong. Um, mm. Again, I have two teenage daughters, so we're very, mm -hmm. very intentional about how we talk about things and, and physically our bodies and that sort of thing for body image. Um, but yes, mm -hmm. we are most definitely starting that process and we hope that we can continue to reach out to other organizations like school systems and get this from the ground up with yeah. our next generation. I feel like that's, that's a great place to start because it is something that's, you know, when you go to school, when you go to 
uh, kindergarten and first grade, second grade. You have gym class or you have activity uh, hour or whatever it is uh, that turns into gym class where you're kind of uh, you know forced to do some sort of activity, whether you like to or not. And then maybe you right. do like to do it and you follow, follow suit into tennis or something like that. But you, you get the activity because it's kind of like, hey, this is necessary. This is important. But is it, is it really impressed on, on uh, you know, kids in high school how important movement is, how important um, just the simple like use it or lose it kind of idea, idea that uh, we're not really trained to understand physiology? Um, yeah. So starting at an early age, I feel like that's got to have the most value. And then, Absolutely. of course, you're saying from the parents to start with their kids, also the same kind of idea there is uh, mm -hmm. build a community of people that are responding to their bodies differently and to addiction, yeah. too. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And so you, um, you do outreach, uh, you do classes online uh, or yes. sessions, I guess. Is that what it would be? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's how people can uh, find out more and... Uh, enroll. It's kind of like a, a course or a training uh, seminar, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we are a membership based model. And so everything, uh, all the content, everything is all online. And so when you register, all the content is in a login portal area. Uh, you can go and you can find the workouts. You can find, um, like I said earlier, we do educational training videos. And so that's teaching you, you know, about your sleep, about your cortisol, about everything under the sun that we talk about in our wellness. Um, you also get a coach to help kind of walk you through it, a mentor beside you. You get the whole community of other women online. Mm. Um, and so our, we walk our women step by step through. And so, yes, it is laid out week one, mm -hmm. Monday. So we have everything scheduled out for them. There's no guessing. There's no, oh, what do I do next? What should I do? Let me pick this workout. Right, um, right. With that said, we have we have a library. So you, you can pick different yeah. workouts if you want to. You can watch other educational training videos. The meal plan, again, follows, you know, Monday, day one, week seven, whatever it is that you're on. Um, so it's very systematic. Yeah, there's guidance in that yes. and support. And so this is step one, step two, the best route to, to follow. But they have the access to everything in the, in the library. Absolutely. That's great. And, and what is that yeah. website again? Burnfatandfeast.com. Nice and easy. And it's a <laughs> BFF. I love the, uh, the letters there. It's like best friend forever. <laughs> That's right. Fantastic. I know. That was totally by chance. Uh, you know, created the, the program and just came up with a name because that's what I felt that I was doing and just happened to be BFF. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Well, we, we should do another show. We can talk about uh, more on, on the youth element as far as um, yeah. the activities and diet and all that goes. And Absolutely. Um, Would love it. Yeah. It was really great having you here today. And, Thank uh, you. I really appreciated hearing your message. Sounds like you're doing great stuff and uh, getting the word out. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me.